0: It's a beautiful song, so beautiful. Bill is going to speak this morning, and uh, so come on up, Bill. Father, we just uh, thank you for Bill, and we thank you for uh, what he's going to bring today. Uh, Lord, we trust it is something from you for us, so we thank you, Lord, and uh, just ask that our hearts would be open to hear what it is you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Some people need their glasses on to read. I need to take mine off, but we'll... (laughs) Nearsighted, farsighted. I'm going to begin with telling a little story. And some of you may have heard it before. Uh, It was a cold winter's day. This little boy was standing outside, and he was peering into a store where they sold clothes and shoes. And uh, the little boy was bare feet. And all of a sudden, this lady came along. She looked at him and and just said, Hi, little fellow, what's your name? Johnny. And uh, so she went into the store. And when she came out, she had a brand new pair of boots for this little boy. And he looks up to her and says, Lady, are you God's wife? So I'm going to talk about us becoming God's wife. Now, over the past months, we've had a lot of words spoken to us individually and corporately. We've had prophetic words. God told us last year that there was going to be a shaking, a global shaking. And we've seen it. It's, it's come to pass. Of course, we know what the virus A lot of things have been shaking and and have gone on. There's been words of knowledge, uh, tongues in interpretation, words of wisdom. I mean, God has spoken to us individually and corporately. But where do you think God is really taking us with everything that God has said over the past months? I'm going to take us to the word of God and I believe that God has already spoken through worship to 1 Corinthians 13. This is the scripture that God gave me this week when pastor asked me if I would share. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, Nothing. So then he goes on, the Apostle Paul in, in Corinthians, and of course, just a little background of the, the book of Corinthians. Uh, really a bunch of carnal believers. Uh, they were fighting even who they wanted to have their, as their pastor. Some said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas. Someone else said, I'm of Christ. Uh, we, we know what would happen in their love feast, how they would uh, get drunk and gorge and, and neglect their brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So Paul is addressing, and I think he's sort of wrapping everything up that's been going on within the Corinthian church in this, in this one chapter. He said, love is patient. And I really believe that God places us in a corporate assembly that we can learn 1 Corinthians 13. Between placing us in our natural families and between placing us in the church body, this is how we learn to be patient. Patient with our brothers and sisters in the flesh, patient with our brothers and sisters in the the Lord. Now, I looked up that word patient. It comes from a Latin word, and it means to suffer. <laughs> so God is asking you and I to suffer. Love causes us to suffer, and so we suffer when 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 we're in conflict with one another or, or when we have disagreements with one another uh, in, in our natural family or in, in, in our church body. It says love is kind. That act at that, that woman showed to that little boy that was a kind act and that's what caused him to say are you God's wife I really believe that God is this is the bar that he's setting for us through first Corinthians 13 it does not envy so I'm going to throw out this question What did our kids say to us when we were on a journey or we would take a drive? Are we there yet? (laughs) And so we ask ourselves, are we there yet? It does not boast. Love does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It does not build yourself up by putting others down. It's not self-seeking. If you're a mom and you have had children, automatically you become second place. That kid is the priority. And so when you're in a body of believers... It's not about us anymore. It's about God, and it's about others. And so you can see how he tries to squeeze us. He tries to make us into the image of his wife by allowing us to be in situations where we're forced to say, Lord, it's not about me anymore. But it's about you having your will in my life. It's about not my will, but thy will Be done. It's not easily angered. That means it doesn't fly off the handle easily. It keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, this is a pretty high standard that God is setting for us, isn't it? he's, He's really raising the bar through this one chapter. He's saying, All of the things that love is. And he said, I want you to go there. This is where I'm taking you. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. To me, that's when someone wants to gossip. And you say, wait now uh i don't know all the facts here so i'm not going to listen to that until i know the facts it always protects because truth will reveal it if it's true always trust always hopes always perseveres. I mean, there's just so much in that alone that if we really sat down and read it and allowed it to permeate into our psyche, what God is trying to tell us. says, love never fails. Now, what we can do here, just going back a little bit, let's switch love for God is patient. God is kind. God does not get jealous. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. The cross proved that. God does not get angered easily. He's long-suffering, slow to anger. God keeps no record of wrongs. Once you confess them, they're gone. We remind ourselves of our failures. The devil reminds us of our failures. Other people remind us of our failures. But God keeps no record. He says he takes our sins and removes them as far as the east is from the west to be remembered against it no more. I've got stuff thrown me all the time. Yeah, remember when you did this or remember when you did that or said this or said that. But God doesn't remember that. He reminds me. It's forgiven. And not only is it forgiven, but it's forgotten. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, especially his kids. Always trusts. You see, God... I think God has a lot more faith in us than we do ourselves sometimes. He calls us the apple of his eye. He says we're carved on the palm of his hands. He says he started a good work in us and he's going to finish it till the day of Christ. His promises are there for us, whereby have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be made partakers of his divine na- nature. Always hopes. God's got a plan for your life. God. Yeah, if we only knew sometime just the plans that he has for us to prosper us and bless us and give us a hope and encourage us and God always perseveres. God does not stop working on us. God does not stop loving us. Love never fails. God never fails. So then we go back to what we started talking about at the beginning of the chapter. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So now, for the past probably three or four Sundays, we've been hearing about the word grow. And so Pastor Keith asked me to share on this when the word was given that God wants us to grow. The first thing he said he wants us to grow in is knowledge of who he is. It's referring to intimacy. God wants us to have that close, personal, intimate relationship with us. Then he says, the second thing I want you to grow in is I want you to grow in the knowledge of What was accomplished on that cross for you, that finished work? It's done. It's a finished work. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. Thirdly, he wants us to grow in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. And fourthly, he wants us to grow in the knowledge of what he wants to do through us as his children. So then he goes on to say, When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully now known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's interesting, that song that you chose, the second one, that's been going through my mind all week, love God and love people. That's where he's taking me, I think I have the mind of the Lord that that's where he's taken us. Because it's really, that's what it's all about. I remember one pastor said one time, he said, I don't care how loud you shout, how high you jump, but as long as you're walking straight when your feet hit, hit the ground. So how are we going to get there? How are we going to get to this place that God is calling us to? any comments any any anybody would like to reflect before we we uh we just go on a bit further the holy spirit, the holy spirit? yeah slow down. slow down yeah spend time with him but also i believe there's going to be a fight involved and i want to go back into the old testament because You know know the story so well where Moses sent the 12 spies up into the promised land. Now, when I say the word to you, Egypt, what what does that conjure up in your mind? slavery. Slavery, captivity, bondage, right? So what does the word Canaan conjure up in your mind? Promised land. But what else? What, what was in the promised land? Freedom. 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 But also it was a land filled with what? Milk and honey. Milk and honey. Which is, typifies the fruit of the spirit. Right? So we know the story. Uh, Twelve spies went up. Ten spies came back with a negative report saying that the giants were there, that no way can we take the land. Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report. They said, yes, the giants are there. And God is bigger. So bringing it down to you and I here, what are some of the giants that's stopping you from going up into the promised land? What are some of the giants that are stopping you from living 1 Corinthians 13? Fear? Fear? Okay. Doubt. Doubt? Yes. Do you believe it's attainable? Absolutely. So do you believe that it's possible to become God's wife? I, I, you know what I'm talking the We are the bride of Christ now. But do you believe it's a possible to attain that level of maturity, that level of fruit-bearing that, that God is talking about. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to get there. So let me read some of the things that may be giants in your life. And I'm, I'm not saying this. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out. So the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So would you say these are some of the giants that we might face in in our lives as Christians? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is what this is where God is leading us. Because we can have as many prophetic words as we need. We can have as many words of knowledge we need. We can have as many words of wisdom that we need. We can have as many words of encouragement that we need. But unless it's taking us somewhere, then what is the purpose of it? The whole purpose of it is God is leading us to the promised land. He says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. So why why would God say something like that? What do you what do you think He was referring to when He said, "Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I have I hated?" Well, Esau sold his birthright. He, he was more he was more concerned about the carnal things. He was more concerned about the flesh than he was where Jacob, even though he was a deceiver and all of these other things, but the fact was that he still sought God. And he said, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And so there's going to be a fight involved. There really is. If you want to grow as a believer, if you want to mature as a believer, if you want to take Canaan as a believer, if you want to take the promised land, if you want to live the life of 1 Corinthians 13, there's going to be a fight involved. But God says, look, you don't have to do it by yourself. It says, whereby have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these we might become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. God doesn't want to condemn anybody today. But all he wants us to do is to be his ambassadors here the scripture says when they see the love we have one for another they'll be led to glorify the father that's why we're here like if it doesn't work here folks if we can't love one another here in this body and really work at unity of the spirit and work at getting along and being reflective of Jesus Christ here in this assembly how in the world is it going to reflect out there this is the training ground here this is the proving ground says we know we've passed from death to life if what? We love the brothers it's all about loving each other loving God first and loving each other and working together to grow and to become like Jesus so that when we're out there we'll reflect him now I'm going to turn it over to the pastor shortly But I think if we're all honest, we've all got giants in our life that are stopping us from progressing. Joshua said to the children of Israel, he said, there still is much land that needs to be taken. We know we're not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. But I'm willing with God's help to fight to get there. And that's the key. And I'm willing to ask for help if I need it from you. I'm going to ask uh, George and Pastor Keith to come up here for a sec. Will you grab, George, you grab one end of that. and Pastor Keith. Now I want you to lift it over your head as far as it will go. So that's the bar. (laughs) Okay, God has set the bar. 1 Corinthians 13 is the bar. That's what we're to aim for. Are we there yet? Okay, and that's part of admitting it, is that we're not there yet. And that we need each other to get there. And that we will inherit the promises that God has given to us. Okay, thanks guys. you I believe I've said everything
0: that God wanted me to say that was excellent Bill that was really good Uh, uh, that very simple uh, stuff is the core and the crux of the gospel that's it you can have all the gifts in the world like he said but if you don't have these things it's going to mean nothing Um, So a a little bit of ministry. First, um, maybe when Bill was talking about the things that he was talking about, maybe there was something brought to your mind that is a giant, something that stops you from loving, stops you from acting like Christ, stops you from whatever it is that we feel we should be in Christ. Um, God wants to slay giants. He gets a big kick out of it. And so, and Jesus slayed the biggest one of all on Calvary. So we have that victory in us. So if there's something that uh, you're saying, I want to get over, I want to stop being, I want to stop doing, I want to stop thinking, I want, whatever that is that's, that's hindering you from making that next step into that definition of love that God's calling us all into, um, I just want you to think for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would show it to us. What is the thing that you want to slay today? What is it? What giant is it that you want to slay in us today? Just bring that picture to us, Father. And as you get that picture, just stand, and we're going to say a prayer Father, you know, uh, you know us all individually and you know precisely why we're standing. And Father, we just bring uh, this thing and we bring it to you and we ask, Father God, that through the power of the knowledge of your word, through the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, you would cause us this week to slay this through the power of Jesus Christ that, Father God, we are pronouncing this thing defeated today. We are pronouncing the victory of Jesus Christ over this today. And, Father God, when Jesus died on the cross, he said the prince of this world, the ruler of this world, has been cast out, has been judged. And, Father, we just pronounced that verdict on this item right now in Jesus' name. And we stand in the authority of Christ that has been given to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we receive the victory that is ours in Christ over this thing. And Father God, we thank you, Father, because greater is he that is in us than anything that is going to come through us, at us, upon us, Father God. And we say it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, I just uh, feel the Lord wants to pray for... Uh, Anyone under the age of 16 here today? (laughs) Anyone under the age of 16 stand? And as you look at these youngins, just think of how God wants to bless them in your head. Just think of this, and as we pray, just pray that over them, and uh, um, Myron and Lars, can you come out just into the section there? I just want everyone to be able to see. Everyone. I know we have to keep the six-foot distance thing, but just so that we can see who we're praying for. And uh, I'm going to pray, and if anybody else feels to stand and pray for them, you can do so. I don't know what God's up to, but he's up to something. Father, we just pray for these children, these people that you, Father God, designed to be here. Not in this church, but on this earth. Before the earth was formed, Father God, you saw each one of these. Young children, Father God, they are your children. They came through their parents, but they came from you. They are here with a destiny. They are here with a purpose. And Father, we pray in the authority of Jesus Christ, a supernatural protection over them. Father, things would come, maybe have already come, and will come, we know, to try to knock them off the path of walking with you, Jesus But today, we knock that off the path. Father, we take authority in the authority given to us through Christ Jesus, and we pronounce your divine plan for their life. We pray your divine purposes for their life. We pray angels. Father, your word tells us that each one of these of your children has an angel. And, Father, we pray right now that that angel would be beside them and break off any stronghold, anything the enemy has tried to bring, to bring discouragement or to cause them to look in any other way except you. Father, we pray for them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your divine purpose and plan. If anybody else wants to pray, go ahead.